Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, sorry. This is episode 109 with Aurel Moody. Today's episode is brought to you by Fiverr.com. Yay, new sponsor. And I love these guys. Fiverr.com gives you instant access to millions of creative and professional services from people who love what they do. So if you ever need to get your work done and you have limited time or budget, these are the people to get it done. In fact, this podcast was created by many things from Fiverr. The intro and outro music, Fiverr.com, the logo for UID Media, Fiverr.com. A lot of the editing that I've done with the podcast has also been from Fiverr.com. So if you're looking for people to, to really help out with your internet marketing, help you improve your search engine optimization, and a host of various other things, all you need to do is search through the wide variety of talent and find the best seller for you. Make an order in one click and you're done. It's easy to get your work done on time and under budget. With over 150 categories of services offered, you will always find what you're looking for. I mean, there's literally everything that you can find there. I've seen people go sell ads or even stuff like tattoos um, on there. So you never know what you can find, but it's always great promo for your stuff. Sign up to Fiverr.com, that's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Use promo code NOMADS, and get 20% off your first purchase. Fiverr.com, any digital service in just one click. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy. Welcome, everybody. Today I have with me Arol Moody, and he's an entrepreneur, author, speaker on likability, leadership, and success. He's the founder of College Success Program, co-founder of The Place Finder, co-founder of former and former partner of Impact, and a host of the podcast, Art of Likeability. So you can see he does a lot of several things, but um, his Amazon best-selling help book has been one of the 
most read and most um, utilized resources by people in different parts of the world. So I'm excited to talk to him today about what it's like to develop that art of likability. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tim, man. I'm so excited to be here. I love what you're uh, you're putting together, and um, I'm just pumped to be a part of this. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. No, thank you. The pleasure's all mine. So before we dive into your entrepreneurship journey, how about we we get back into little Aurel? You know, when when he was in the projects in in, in the New York City, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and how kind of your parents raised you, and what you did to get out of that. Yeah, you know, I. Uh, when I was uh, looking at what you were doing, I was really fascinated by how people have different, you know, cultural experiences and, and creating what your identity is and what that means to you. And I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in the projects. And I grew up in a predominantly African American neighborhood. And I was, besides my brother, I don't think there was anyone else who had a black dad and a white mom in my neighborhood. <laughs> so I, I always thought it was normal until someone pointed it out to me, and then it actually became really fascinating. Though. You know, I'm brown skin, but you know, I had the whiteness on the inside and the Jewishness was, you know, my culture as well. And how does that tie into the African American uh, culture that I was in? So for a long part of you know who I was, it was just kind of figuring. I think a large part of it was just figuring out who who I am. And I didn't really get that mm-hmm. until I got into college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to say I snuck into college because um, <laughs> I wasn't really good enough to get in, but my brother was, and I rode his coattails because he got in and I applied to the same school he got into. And as an adult, I now know legacies get you a better chance of getting accepted. Hey, who you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and there was where I think um, a lot of things began and a lot of passion that I, I do now because college was such a great experience for me. Um, I met my business partners there. I... I um, started my first business when I was in school called PlaceFinder, built that for four years after exiting that to an entrepreneurship education company. And then now um, I have two companies. One is based on, it's called the College Success Program. We help students get the best out of their college experience or people from low income aspire to get college educated in the high school, junior high level, which is something I'm very passionate about and, and kind of what makes me um, really pumped about leaving a legacy. And the art of likability is what I do with business professionals and leaders to really get them to how did I build a million dollar business in my 20s, growing up in the projects. And it really was based on the relationships and the people and the things that I learned from connecting with folks that has changed my life more than anything else. And when I was a kid in a project, I never thought any of these things would be possible. And I kind of almost stumbled upon them through my college experience, which is why I'm so passionate about it now. Now, and that's great. And you're, you're you know, you exemplify that. You know, it doesn't matter where you, you grew up in, but what matters is, you know, where you where you end up because it doesn't dictate where you can go. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you said you touched you touched on it a little bit. You talked about the million dollar business from growing up in projects. What steps did you take? How did you start to strategize yourself and position yourself with someone who would be a serial entrepreneur and someone who would build relationships with several people that would eventually become business partners and someone that can build products that resonate with people that would be your clients? Yeah, great question. And one of the things that I think a lot of people should, that it doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And if you trace enough successful people, you'll find, and I, I'm not finding an exception to this rule yet. Um, and if I do, you know, I'm sure they're more of the uh, <laughs> exception than the rule, right? Yeah, it's always an exception, right? Yeah. It's always an exception. But I find, like, almost everyone who's achieved some level of success, this is the key. The first business, like, the very first business that you start in is either, A, not going to be the business that you make your big success in, or, B, that same business will evolve into something you had no idea it could possibly evolve into because of your life experience. Right. So right. 
when a lot of people are trying to figure out, well, what's my million dollar idea? The really best advice I can give you is just start anything, like literally anything that you could be decently excited about because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing in your first business. You can read every book, but yeah, I can tell you everything about, you know, jumping and dunking and shooting and passing. But if I put you on the court with LeBron James and Steph Curry, you're not going to keep up no matter what. Until you yeah, do no way, man. <laughs> <laughs> not with those guys. Not with yeah. those guys. So when I first started, it was through a, an entrepreneurship class at my university. And we basically came up with the first idea. Well, we came up with a bunch of ideas that went nowhere. We had a smoothie bar and a calendar idea, and they all just failed. And then eventually we got with PlaceFinder, which was an off-campus housing resource to help college students find housing roommate sublets. And I mean, that literally, I mean, I made, oh my gosh, so many mistakes, got $30,000 in the personal credit card debt. Uh, just felt like a complete loser for about 80% of that experience. And it wasn't until the last year that we really started figuring out what our revenue model was, which we really didn't understand. Yeah. But the most important thing is, through that process, that literally three years of failing, I had to read so many books. I had to go get mentorship and help. And that actually is what got the business to become successful at where it became. And that eventually led to me reading a book called The Student Success Manifesto, reaching out to a gentleman named Michael Simmons, who a um, great friend of mine and Forbes columnist called, uh, currently, but at the time he just wrote the book and was an entrepreneur, and we built a great relationship, and it was first a mentor-mentee relationship, and I was just happy to talk to him, but later we partnered and became uh, co-owners of a group, a company called Extreme Entrepreneurship Tour, and later it turned into Impact, and that was the business that we took to a million dollars in sales, where we gathered entrepreneurs who are under the age of 30, who themselves have built million-dollar businesses, and we brought them and coordinated events on college campuses across the country so they can share their stories and get more young people excited about entrepreneurship. And then we eventually started organizing events for the White House and for the Chamber of Commerce. And, wow. you know, I'm saying this in a short period of time, so it didn't happen that short. It took a lot of effort. But I had no idea when I first wanted to start, you know, I think it was the smoothie business was the first idea that eventually it would lead to this education company that took off the way it did. So basically, you know, you stuck with it. And, and, and that's the thing. You started, you stuck with it, and then it evolved. And as you, as you evolve and you learned uh, a lot about yourself and about the business itself, right? Right. And, and entrepreneurship is one of the greatest gifts of self-understanding uh, you can ever get. Yeah. Because your, your business is you. You know, you, whatever your deficiency is, your business is, is a deficiency you have as a person. If your business isn't organized... You're not organized. If you know your business isn't good, you know if it's not getting clients, it's probably because you don't like interacting with people. So right. it's, it's a great mirror for who you are and who you want to be. You know, it's funny when you said something about you said something that I really resonated with because my business has all obviously gone through a lot of iterations as well. And during the first part, I love sports, right? So I was like, I'm going to write about sports and how that relates to entrepreneurship. And then it evolved into entrepreneurship itself, just interviewing other entrepreneurs. And then I, you know, I stumbled across the TCK thing, which was something I realized that I had been living all my life. And that was like the first time I could actually write. I have actually had more than 20 years of experience doing this. I was like, that feels good to write. But um, it was <laughs> because, you know, I felt like I was competing against so many people. They were like, ah, well, you know, you're under 30. Why can't I talk to you? So I started really focusing on that and honing the, the, those skill sets. And it, it sort of became that mirror, like you said. I was essentially writing about my experiences and whatever interactions I, I had, it was the same sort of thing like you just described. So I, I really love what you said that. 
Then the other thing that I wanted to touch on was the revenue model. That revenue model is always tricky for entrepreneurs. Like there's a difference with passion. And then you get to a point where you're like, all right, you know, you build this passion, you build this community. How am I going to make money out of it? (laughs) This is where I find a lot of entrepreneurs either fall off or push through. And then how, how did you get to that point where you just said, okay, I've tried like seven different revenue models. It's all failed. $30,000 down the drain. What am I going to do to find one that works for me? Yeah, the revenue model question. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. It, it's something that I'm actually a, a person really passionate about because, you know, I meet a lot of people who, you know, say, oh, I want to do this business. And I'm like, great, what are you going to do? And then they tell me about some random service or random idea. And it's like, great, well, what's the revenue model? Mm. Oh, well, we're not worried about that right now. You know, we're just worried about putting something out really good <laughs> because Facebook messed everybody's life up, man. Oh, Everyone's heard the Mark Zuckerberg story, right? <laughs> He's just a kid in a college dorm. He's just building something that he loves. He's a billionaire now, you know? <laughs> and, it's so um, true, you know, yeah. It's such the exception and not the rule, you know, and the advice I would give to anyone who's trying to follow that kind of model is, you know, there are people who win the lottery, but if your retirement strategy is winning the lottery, you're probably in a bad position, right? Mm. So the exception should not be your rule. Instead, what you really need to look at, and it's, it's one of the things that uh, I'm very passionate about, it's almost very simple. If you have a business, how will someone reach into their pocket, open up their wallet, and give you money for what you do. And a lot of people say, well, well how do you figure it out? How, and it's a very good question, you know, because what if you, you have a passionate thing, like, oh, I want to help, you know, like, I like helping um, low-income uh, youth. And I was like, well, I want to help them, but, like, they don't have money, and the schools don't have money, and exactly. how do I help them? So you get caught in, oh, it's not possible, and it's not true, it's always possible. What I eventually discovered is that there's a lot of grants, and there's a lot of um, different things that the government puts together to create funding sources for this specific niche. Now you have to do a lot of uh, you know research and understand how the Department of Education works so that you can understand where those grants are and how to get them. But when you get them, the contracts are huge and they're amazing. So you get to get money from a source that has to spend it. You get to help people who need help, who you care about. But if you're not willing to say, how do I? And that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. How do I? How do I? Okay, I want to help these people. How do I help them and still create a revenue stream? And it can't, and I'm, you know, people have different views on venture capital and, um, you know, just getting a bunch, there's this revenue model that exists. I get venture capital or angel investor. I get another angel investor. I get another angel investor. And then I sell the company, make, you know, millions of dollars. And again, that's the exception and not the rule. The best company is the one that, you know, Right now, a lot of people don't know this. Like, if you make like two dollars, uh-huh. you make more money than Amazon makes in profit, because Amazon, even though it's a billion-dollar organization, they're not turning profits yet. So, their company is able to function because they have such huge revenues. But there's a difference also, and when we talk about revenue model, understand the difference between revenue and profit. You know, I know a lot of companies that might make a million dollars, but they have two million dollars in expenses. Hmm. So, you want to also not only ask yourself. What is my revenue model? How will people get money? But then how does that revenue model become profitable? Is it the client that gives it to you? Is it the people who want to reach the people that you serve? So, for example, if you help, um, I don't know, I'm making this up, single moms, right, and you do free programs for single moms, there may be a bunch of businesses that would like to reach and be connected with these single moms because they could be great um, you know, purchasers of X or Y. 
So you have to always know who is going to open up their wallet and give you money for what you want to do. Right. right. I, that's so great because I love what you said about you were serving you know, people that couldn't pay you. So you went and found the organizations that would actually, that actually need to spend the money to reach, the, uh, to reach this, this particular target audience. So you thought about it where you were still serving your initial target audience, but you also creating the service where people that needed to reach them were working through you. Exactly. And that's a big thing. I think a lot of people, one of the greatest things you could ever do, and a lot of people don't realize this, and they use, you know, people like Google, for example, I'm going to use them as a great example of a revenue model that people don't really truly understand. What they really are, they're just a bridge. And this yeah. is very important. If you can become a bridge where you can take one demographic who is not connected to another demographic and you can connect them, that is extremely valuable. So, for example, what Google simply does is you want to find websites. Websites want you to find them. They're just simply a bridge between the visitor and the website. And if you want to advertise to people who want to reach them, you have to go through the gatekeeper. And they're the gatekeeper, which you have to pay a fee for for Google Ads. And they make a lot of money that way. Right. So there's always a way if you want to help a certain demographic and you don't think that they can afford your services, just keep asking who wants to reach these people? Who has it in their self-interest to provide it? And a lot of times there's a lot of government ways you can do that in terms of grants and um, there's, I mean, there's just tons of options with that. But then there's also people like, for example, uh, credit unions, banks. They love doing community work. It makes them look good. They have a budget set aside. So if you do great work like that, you can connect with those folks to make them look good. But they don't want to do the work. But you do the work. They look good. You get the money. You help people. Everyone wins. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Absolutely. And, and, and with my, um, my company, it's interesting is because, you know, I do a lot of diversity and all this. It's just like a lot of companies always look for ways through diversity and inclusion or international schools are looking for ways to international students to fit into the, the program. And those are the type of paths, you know, paths and organizations that I've gone through where you, you're working with the organization. And you really want to do something and they just they need to put the marketing dollars somewhere. But if you have like that program and you act as the bridge, like you said. There you go. Exactly right. And, yeah. you know, yeah. once you realize that if you can figure out how to be a good bridge, man, game changer. Game changer. All right. All right. All right. Let's, let's talk about likability. I know I know a lot. Of, that's a lot of what you do. How do you get people to like you, Arl? <laughs> yeah, great question. And, you know, where likability really, you know, created from with the work I do is 
with the businesses that I've been able to build and the, uh, I just realized it was really never because I was particularly talented. It was because I had people around me or I was connected with people who were. But then I said, well, what could I offer them? Really nothing. You know, I mean, I was just interested in being successful. So I figured, well, if I can just get these people to like me, then maybe they can see that I'm worth giving a shot to. Right. So when, when the key premise of what we talk about with the art of likability, for anyone who questions if likability is important, is this very simple idea. Our, our belief is that the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know, is actually obsolete. It's a little antiquated. What actually matters now is not what you know, not who you know, but who knows you and who likes you. And if you think about any business deal you've done, any job you've gotten, any raise you've gotten, it's probably because someone said, I like you. You're someone I know. You're someone I trust. You're someone I believe in. So the very first thing to likability before we go into any specific strategies is getting that it's literally, in my opinion, the most important aspect to your success, whether it's professional, personally, or even romantically. The more people who genuinely like you and want to see you succeed increases your odds of doing so. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's so so key. What you said, so in knowing someone who likes you can actually get you to a lot of positions. Like, um, I know you're talking about Michael Simmons, right? Um, I get his newsletters, so I know he writes a lot for Inc. and many of these publications. But you were able to establish a relationship with him, and that obviously, you know, was mentor mentee at first, and now he's a great friend of yours. But I imagine through that relationship, both of you have been been able to help each other out because you know, obviously, you guys are big fans of each other. Exactly. Exactly. One of the first things I recommend doing when you're saying, okay, I want to get someone to like me. I want to, I want to figure out, you know, what, what do I do differently? And we go over tons of things on, on our podcast, like very specific action oriented things to do. But as a general rule of like, where do you start? We have a unique world right now. We can do a lot of kind of um, reconnaissance or research on people like we couldn't have done before. So if, you know, first, ask yourself, who are the types of people that I want to get in with? Or who are the types of people that would have the most influence in my current circle? And then do some very simple research on LinkedIn or Facebook and find out what are they working on right now? What are they interested in? What means something to them? The greatest thing that you can do for someone is either A, provide something of value that they need or be of service to them towards a goal, whether it's an introduction or whether it's so-and-so. So it could be something as simple as saying, hey, Teo, I know that you're really working on um, getting into more, um, doing more diversity speaking programs. And at my company, there's uh, someone who's looking for a diversity speaker. And I think you would be fantastic for it. I'd love to connect you. Is that something you're interested in? If I'm uh, approaching you with that type of introduction, that's a very, very different introduction than, hey, could you give me some stuff, Taylor, because you're awesome. You know, <laughs> right. So try and help me out. You yeah. know, if, if I can come from a place of, because a lot of people say, oh, we give value first, but we, we don't always know how to do it. And I think if you can get connected to someone, um, whether it's through social media and get an idea of what of, is of interest to them, it's a really great play. And if you don't, and a lot of times people say, well, Ro, what if I don't have anything? You know, what if I don't? You know, I can't give them anything. You know, one of the um, the individuals that that's on my team, and 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 Teo connected with him. His name is Felix. Um, he literally reached out to us and said, "I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. Can I help? Can I intern for you? You know, whatever you need me to do, I will do it." And I was like, "Well, we are actually looking for someone to do some stuff." So literally volunteering his time, and you know, I mean, we interviewed him and we made sure he was a good fit and all that kind of stuff. We didn't just randomly give it to a random schmo. But that turned into a relationship that's been over a year long now. 
And I wouldn't have had that in with him. I wouldn't have even given the shot if it wasn't first coming from a place of how can I help and how can I serve? Yeah, no, I, I love it. And and one of the things that I want to talk about like ability is where where vulnerability falls into this, right? Because what, what you said is being humble, you know, offering to help, that service mentality. But what about vulnerability? What do you think about that? It's, it's so important. I see so many people reach out to me or friends of mine and their approach is absolutely wrong. Their approach is, look how awesome I am and how good I am and how great I am and I've done this and I've done this and you should totally, you know, have a yeah. conversation with me. <laughs> it's so yeah. And it's, well, that, that doesn't, you know, compel me to actually be interested. But if someone's vulnerable and it's like, hey, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm just a, you know, a kid from the projects in Brooklyn, New York. I can't afford you. I can't give you anything. I know you can't, but I love the work you're doing. I've, I've invested my time into what you're doing. I'd love to be a part of it. And that would mean so much to me that being vulnerable about saying, hey, let me just lay my cards out on the table. Like, here's who I am. Here's where I'm starting from. Here's why you're of importance to me or significance to me. That opens up doors so much faster than trying to impress people. Because anyone who's done something of success, they don't necessarily get impressed so much because of those things. They get more impressed by real humans being vulnerable. So vulnerability is a almost a... Um, kind of a secret weapon because so many people are afraid to use it that if you do use it it separates you from most people so yeah and a lot of people think if you're vulnerable you're weak right they, they and that's a, that's a mis that's a misconception that's so bad because people want to connect with real people they don't want to have you know people have this script like ah well i'm talking to the ceo of this i better bring my a game and they start like fluffing up things that you know it doesn't sound like them and then after like five minutes, it starts to be like, oh, man, I just used up all my material. What am I going to say next? And then, it's all, and then it's all, you know, it's very unnatural. And then you, you hear those awkward pauses and stuff like that. But that's what I found out. And, I, I, you know, for you listening right now to the show, I want to give you a little challenge. I want you to try this. And if I'm wrong, reach out to me and tell me I'm wrong. I, I'm confident I won't be. Um, if you're on any type of social media platform, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, let's go with Facebook um, as a platform because you can do a little bit longer posts. Decide to write. Yeah, we did a podcast episode about this, maybe about <clears throat> I don't even know a few episodes back. Post something that starts around with, "I feel really nervous to share this, but," or "I feel very vulnerable to share this, but," and then share some real emotion that you're feeling. I'm afraid that I'm not sure if I'm in the right per, uh, the right profession, or I'm not sure if I'm ever going to figure out what I'm really passionate about, or I'm afraid that you know this thing in my life isn't going to be as good as it should be and I've been thinking about it a lot and it just is something that I'm vulnerable about or scared about or nervous about and watch that post get about 75 comments watch you get messages from people all over the place saying I feel the same thing that's incredible yeah. we, we connect with people on emotion not on intellect that, you know and that is yeah I feel like you're just saying what I so last week I did something like that because I was at this point, I just published my uh, first Amazon ebook, and I, I was wanted, you know, I wasn't, I had had that book for about a year, and then I did a mastermind, and one of my, you know, my two of my friends in mastermind were like, you know, Tayo, you are like sometimes your own biggest enemy because there's so many things that you do, and people value you for that. You build this community, and people love you for doing that, but sometimes you don't even, you don't, you don't recognize it, and I think you need to actually just talk about this. Because and, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't know why anyone would want to know about that. But I, I just, I, you know, I did that Facebook post. Is like, hey, this is this is something that's been in my mind for a little bit. You know, I've felt like this for a while, but um, I'm finally being brave enough to put it out here. 
and I, you know I, I just basically went on the whole emotion about the whole thing and I got all these comments from people that they were like yeah man this is this is the same thing I've been feeling we see you and that type of thing and that's how I was like I didn't know that that was there because I had almost created that um, put up that barrier invisible, invisible wall, wall. And I was like, you know, and that is a um, that's a common misconception of the success mindset in individual. I'm, I'm sure anyone listening to the show is someone who generally wants to invest in becoming better. We put up a Superman front. Everything's good. Everything's fine. I'm yeah. amazing. Yeah. What's new? Oh, I'm, oh, fantastic. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer and constantly talk about how, like, you know, your shoelaces are untied and how life is miserable all the time. But if you actually, and I, I challenge anyone to do this and see what kind of you know connection you have with people, relationship you build, post something that you feel very vulnerable. Now, keep in mind there's some rules to this, you know. Yeah, no overshare. <laughs> yeah, don't overshare. Don't you know? Don't say my wife cheated on me and this thing hurt so. And like, cause like that could open up you know big cans. But I think more instead of something vulnerable that may be an interpersonal relationship that might affect another human being. Talk about something that's an internal struggle within yourself. What's a character flaw that you might have noticed? Or what's something you haven't achieved yet that's, you know, gnawing at you? And watch how many people you connect with. And from that moment forward, I bet you some people will look at you not from a place of being weak, but actually a place of being strong and liking you more because they're like, this person is like me. And I like that. Exactly. Exactly. People People relate. relate. Like you said, people relate on emotion. on emotion. Not Absolutely. You know, if people remember, you know, one of the things I always share, and I do this when I do some presentations, you know, I can tell you about how I'm a best-selling author and built a seven-figure business and, you know, travel around the country speaking and teaching other people how to do speaking and do, I can tell you all that, and you wouldn't care. You're just going to be like, that's great. You're yapping your lips. But if I tell you about my internal struggles of, you know, dealing with not having enough time for my children because I feel like I'm so work-obsessed and feeling like, I'm not being the best father I can be at times, even though I know I'm there for them. I wonder if I'm doing the best I can or feeling like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm in a room full of people and I don't know if anyone actually gets me. And that challenges me and that makes me feel lonely at times. More people will connect with the latter parts than the former parts I just mentioned because it's a universal experience. Emotion is a universal human experience, regardless of culture and race and creed. If we can connect with individuals from an emotional level, we have relationships that last forever. Exactly. exactly. I love it. I love, I love it. it. No, we're going to wrap up soon, but um, I'm looking at the episode you have, and you have a title that says, Building Likeability with Two Words. Um, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so one of the things that, and this is another thing I recommend people completely test me on. Don't believe me, just test me on this. Go throughout your day and notice how many people say thank you to you throughout the day. You'll be surprised at how little that number actually is. And for a day, whenever someone like whenever someone offers you something, say yes, thank you. No, thank you. Respond with the two words thank you. Thank Almost you. overuse it. I don't think you actually can use that word so much. Please thank you. And for some people they say, oh I do that all the time and that's good. Keep doing it. But notice how many people don't. And I think if the more you apply a simple phrase, and, and that's a big part of what we do on our podcast, our likability is give very specific, simple things that you can go out and apply today and just overuse the word thank you. And don't do it, you know, like to be a jerk and be like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And like, not like that, <laughs> but more just truly constantly walk up to someone, literally walk up to someone 
that you work with, a coworker today, and just say, hey, I just want to say thank you. The other day you did X and it really meant a lot to me. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Just literally randomly go up to someone that's in your life that's important to you and show them appreciation for something that they've done that means a lot to you or you know an effort they put in and even if it didn't work out well, you notice their effort. And watch how much someone goes, oh man, oh, that's awesome, thank you. And I appreciate you and that's amazing. And just notice how much you build your likability because you are purposely and intentionally showing gratitude. So saying thank you, those two words. No thank you, Absolutely. yes thank you. Ah. Absolutely. Okay, so tell us more about you. Where can we find out what you're doing? Where's where are your speaking engagements? Um, how can we subscribe to your podcast? Because if this is just a little nugget of what you're saying, your podcast, I can't wait to listen. I was actually uh, telling uh, one of my good friends about about you and your podcast before, and she was like, "You got to send me that podcast ASAP." I said, "I'll do it after after I interview him." But no, send it to me right now. So I sent it to her. <laughs> but um, so I know people want to know a lot about that because that's a great title, "The Art of Likeability." Everybody's like, "Wait, what? I, I can act? There's an art to this? I can do this?" So. Um, it's absolutely learnable. I mean, literally, we you know, there's the five steps um, system that we kind of adhere to, and we go through each episode. We bring out something of each part of it, and you can absolutely learn how to. It's not something you're born with. It's not something you've been genetically blessed with. It's a learnable skill. And if you go into iTunes, we put out episode every single week. We have short episodes that are about ten to fifteen minutes long. Some of the longer ones, when we do interviews, are about an hour long. It's great content. It's art of likability. Art of likability. You go to artoflikeability.com and check out, um, we put out blogs that hang out there, post content. And the good news is if you're looking at this on iTunes and you can see my name, Orel Moody, the good news, if you want to connect with me, I am the only Orel Moody in the entire world. No one else <laughs> has my name. So hey, you, you, to- you and I share that. <laughs> oh, you got that too? Yes. Yeah, it's like if you want to find Teo and you can't, you are not trying. Because <laughs> type in the, and I typed his name into Google. He's got tons of great content out there and he's all over the place. So it's easy to find him and it's easy to find me. You know, right. my name is not a, a generic name. So every single social media site, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, MySpace, if you're still on MySpace for some strange reason, um, I'm Aurel Moody. Aurel Moody. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on there. I mean, and we'll, I'll make sure I put all the notes there. You've got artoflikeability.com, Aurel Moody. Aurel Moody.com too, right? Yeah, Aurel Moody.com, CollegeSuccessProgram.com. They're all uh, different uh, brands, hopefully achieving the same goal and making the world a little bit more awesome. Hey, awesome, man. So thank you so much. And um, last question I usually ask is, how do you use your difference to make a difference? You know, my biggest thing is if I can show people how to embrace what makes them uniquely them and give them the specific strategies and skill sets on how to do it, and that came from years of being socially awkward, um, I feel like I made the world a better place. So I'm excited about it. Bam! There you go. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. And um, can't wait for this episode to come out because... This has been one of the most exciting interviews I've had because I, I was like, this this guy really, yeah, he gets it. So, um, I, you know, I can't wait to put this out there and have this shared in the ether. You're the man, <laughs> You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.